Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour and in a few seconds you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we will have a time of worship and reflection, after which we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments. Now, we want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream, and if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's the Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church, or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. If you are new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website, crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Well, good evening and welcome to Crowd Church Online. My name is Matt and beside me is the beautiful Anna Kettle. Anna, how are we doing this evening? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Ah, happy yeah. Sunday evening, everyone. Happy Sunday evening. Now, do forgive me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the very croaky voice. Uh, let's just be grateful I actually have one uh, tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? I'm trying my best uh, Barry White impression. So um, we'll do the, the deep Some people would say it's a benefit that Matt can't talk, but you know, <laughs> then I'd be like talking to myself. So maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true, actually. It, uh, it could be classed as a benefit, uh, but you just never know, right? So one of the things that we're wanting to do, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this, hey, Matt, hey, Miriam, great to see you in the comments. Um, in the Facebook channel, we have put a link to the YouTube channel, and we're asking if you would mind coming and joining us on YouTube. Over the next few weeks, we will be transitioning uh, from Facebook. We will be moving to a YouTube-only stream, and we're gonna test and see how that goes. Uh, it may change in the new year, but until for the rest of the year, we will shift to new uh, to YouTube. Just an experiment, just to see how it goes. So, uh, if you could come join us on YouTube, write your comments and say how's it in YouTube. That would be great. As I said, the link is in the comments. Uh, yes, Matt, I am ill. I just my, I didn't wake up one day and just sort of think, oh, I'll talk with a deep voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's not something that i did yeah, yeah, yeah uh but let's be grateful like i say i've actually got a voice um we have uh how's your weekend been anna 
It's been good, actually. Yeah, we haven't done too much. It's been quite a relaxed one. Um, had, yeah, some, had a friend's party this afternoon. Went to, oh, nice. out for food with some friends, which was nice and relaxing. Went to church this morning. Um, yeah, just done some nice family stuff together this weekend. It's, yeah, just been kind of a quiet one, which is nice sometimes to just slow it down a bit, isn't it? What yes. about you? You've been recovering from illness or... Uh, no, well, yes. Uh, sorry, yes, I have been recovering from illness. It was funny last week. I had to do like on Thursday. I had, a, I had my voice was slightly deeper than it is now. I am slowly getting better, um, but I had to do a whole bunch of uh, recordings, so podcasting, um, videos. I mean, just a whole bunch of stuff happened, and yeah. uh, on every single one of them, I just said, "Listen, I'm really sorry." Uh, <laughs> I'm just, it's just the way it is. This is not my voice. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been recovering, but I've been recovering in St. Andrews. So uh, we popped yeah. up to St. Andrews to see Josh, uh, my son. Uh, if you're familiar, unfamiliar with who Josh is, Josh is my son. He wrote the Crowd Church music theme. Um, and he is at university up in St. Andrews, up in, in North Scotland. Uh, it's about six, seven hours away from Liverpool with the crazy traffic that we experienced today. Um, mm. And he is turning 21. So, oh, 21. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, son. Happy birthday. Oh, Miriam is now on YouTube. Excellent. Matt's like, I Excellent. hate YouTube. Matt, you're just going to have to get over it. Uh, <laughs> just get onto YouTube, Matt. Um, Some people hate Facebook, so there's no pleasing everyone as well. That's very true. That is very true. So, yeah, if you are just joining the live stream, uh, we are in the, and you're joining us on Facebook, do come and join us over on YouTube. The link is in the comments. Um, over the next few weeks, we will be migrating frontline, uh, frontline, <laughs> not frontline crowds, get the right church, man. Uh, we will be migrating crowd church over to YouTube only. So do come and join us on YouTube if you can. The link is in the comments. Miriam is over there now. Uh, let me just write in here. Hey, Miriam. Miriam, spell her name right. Sorry about that. Uh, she's joined on YouTube. So it's great. Come join us on there. Come say how's it in the comments. Be great to see you. Now, Anna, what's happening today? So today we've got your beautiful wife, Sharon, speaking to us. Oh, um, yes. Carrying on our series that we've been on, the Gospels. And um, yeah, we've got worship coming up. And then we'll have Conversation Street, which is a chance for everyone to ask their questions, post their questions and their comments. So do be thinking about that and posting as we're sort of listening to the talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just then general feedback and chat from me and Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I always enjoy the, um, the conversation street. I do. I, I do. Uh, I think it's great fun. Well, so, I think um, we're both talkers, right, Matt? So like we could just like talk on and give us any subjects and we could yeah, just any topic talk. and we're, we're gone. We, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll be gone. So, uh, but well, that's it is nice. much better if other people put their comments in. So, just <laughs> their so please, everyone, just you know, com add your comments yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and opinions. Otherwise, it's just me and Matt's, which is boring for everyone, I think. <laughs> wow. Uh, I actually think you're quite interesting, Hannah. Uh, oh, thanks, Matt. Yeah, yeah. And so, no, no, don't, don't, don't say you're boring. Uh, it's totally not true. Uh, share the love with Anna in the comments. Tell her she's not boring. Uh, and uh, so, <laughs> I'm not so saying I'm boring. I just think it's boor It's more interesting if everyone has something to say. That's very true. That I agree with. Actually, I think the more the yeah. merrier. Uh, the comments. More are. the merrier. Exactly. Yeah, more We're democratic here, aren't we? 
<laughs> is that what we are? I'm never quite sure know. if I'm honest with you. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, the Democratic Church of Crowd. Uh, welcome. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know one of the things I'm really curious about? Um, there is on my uh, soundboard in front of me this voice digitizer thing that makes your voice deeper. So I'm just going to press it uh, and it. see what happens. So, <laughs> okay, so this makes it. Oh, that's better. It sounds like you've just swallowed helium or something. Yeah, it does. It? Yeah, yeah don't, like don't do the helium again. thing, kids. Uh, public can it do number. my voice as well, or can it not pick it up over the computer? Uh, no, it, yeah, I, I think it won't I'll do yours. I'll actually start next to you to do that. Yeah, I think you need like a proper microphone. Oh. Um, spoiler alert. I don't know, actually, Anna, I think I've told you this. I've not told it on the live stream yet. Spoiler alert. We have a new studio being built where we will be able to host crowd together in the same room because this room here is tiny. Um, so, yeah, we we have a, a, a great sort of project on the go, uh, which will be finished hopefully in the next few. Well, I'm hoping by the end of this month i think that might yeah be. and then we'll be like professional rather than doing it in our own like bedrooms steady on don't well yeah let's not go too far <laughs> more professional than we are today people more yeah let's let's not today. um let's not do ourselves too much a year. <laughs> that's really funny professional i've never used that word but we are building a studio <laughs> and um it will have some more space my yeah. deadline uh, is the end of this month. I think that is optimistic. I think realistically, probably in the oh, new year, we'll be streaming from there. So um, we'll find out. And then we'll, we'll be able out. to do things like do silly voices together in the same room. Absolutely. Yeah, That's the plan. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've just joined us and you think, what on earth have I tuned into? Uh, this, uh, believe it or not, we are an online church. So it's great that you're here. Great um, to be with you on this very chilly Sunday evening. Uh, we are now going to bring on the beautiful Sharon Edmonds, my gorgeous wife, who is carrying on our journey in Mark's gospel. After that will be a time of worship. Then, as Anna said, we'll be back for Conversation Street. Do write your comments and stuff. Uh, be great to hear from you. And uh, one last time, if you are on Facebook, there is a link for our YouTube live stream. It'd be great if you could join us on YouTube. We would love to see you in there as we are migrating. Pretty sure, must, must pay. Uh, pretty sure Matt Edmondson is sponsored by YouTube this week by the amount of times he's promoted YouTube. Yes, thanks, Matt. I, I should have a YouTube t-shirt. Uh, so yes, brilliant. Right. Well, we will see you in YouTube, uh, with the exception of Matt Cruz. Like, I just can't be bothered. Uh, and so, um, yeah, we'll be back after this. Here's Sharon. The passage of the Bible we're going to look at today is from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. To give you some context for this passage, Jesus is with his friends celebrating the Passover meal, which is a meal that the Jews celebrate every year, remembering how God delivered the Jewish people from Egypt. Even though he's their leader, Jesus has washed his friend's feet, which is the role of a servant. And one of the group has just left in order to be betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that he was being betrayed and was about to face a brutal death and that those still present at the meal were about to abandon him to save their own necks, even though they thought they were brave and up to everything and giving it all the talk. Talk about trauma. They were in for a really bad week where everything they thought they knew would appear to fall apart. Have you ever felt like that? It's in this context that today's... Um, 
passage and the passage just before it, Jesus is preparing his close friends, his followers, for the dark time that they're about to go through. Although his words were originally meant for that specific group of people, they also speak to us today about handling our own difficult situations. We'll also look briefly at a couple of questions. Firstly, is Christianity exclusive or inclusive? And secondly, is the Christian faith a blind faith? A faith that believes despite evidence to the contrary. So how did Jesus prepare his followers for the horror to come? He said this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, Okay, thanks Jesus for the great advice. It's okay, there is more. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the place, uh, you know the way to the place where I'm going. He's basically telling them not to let their circumstances or their troubled feelings have the last say in the situation because there's a bigger picture. Now, there are plenty of verses in the Bible that talk about how God's concerned with the details of our lives. The Bible says that God cares so much for us that even the hairs on our heads are numbered. That is a lot of care, especially in our house where the vacuum cleaner has a really hard time keeping up with the hairs that keep falling out of our heads. The Bible also says that we can learn about God's character through the world that he's made. Now, our eldest son, Josh, is studying theoretical physics at university And I was talking with him one day about the different branches of physics. One of them is quantum physics, and it deals with the smallest components of the universe. And then there's astrophysics, which looks at the bigger picture of the universe. In quantum physics, we see God's care for the minute details in the structure of molecules and atoms. And in astrophysics, we see his care for the big picture in the awesomeness of our galaxy and beyond and how everything is fine-tuned to work together. So what's God's big picture in terms of our lives? It's this, that there's more to life than what we see now, and there's life after death. That all the things that are wrong in the world we put right, that we'll be able to live with God in an amazing place that he's prepared for us. Have you ever felt like the moment you're in is in eternity? I certainly have. Maybe you've been waiting for your perfect job or your perfect partner and nothing's happening. Maybe you're going through cancer treatment or you've got another long-term illness or you've loved someone, lost someone that you love. God says, although things on earth can be really tough, a better day is coming. Even if we get better days on earth, that won't compare to what God has waiting for us in eternity. But back to our passage in John. So how do we get to this place that Jesus is preparing for us? Thomas, one of the guys who was with him, asked the same question. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is making three claims about himself here. One, that he's the way, the only way to God. Two, that he's the truth. And three, that he's the life. 
let's look at those three things one at a time. So number one, Jesus says he's the way and that no one comes to the Father except through him. But hang on a minute, isn't that a bit narrow-minded? Don't all religions lead to God? Not according to Jesus. Jesus says he is the only way to God because he's the only one with the real solution to the real problem. In this, Christianity is exclusive. It excludes all other possible ways to God. So what is the problem with the world? How would you answer that question? Jesus' disciples might have answered that question by saying the problem was that they were an oppressed nation as they were being ruled by the Romans and that that was the issue that Jesus should be sorting out. There are many people today who would say the same thing, not about the Romans, but that the problem with the world um, today is oppression, that one group is oppressing another, that men are oppressing women, or that one ethnic group is oppressing another, or that parents are oppressing children, and so on. We all know that uh, oppression is a reality. I think of a lady I know who came to this country thinking that she had this great new job opportunity, only to find out that when she arrived in this country, she had her ID papers taken off her by her host family, who made her work for long hours for them. She wasn't allowed out. She wasn't allowed to learn the language. Her new job opportunity was, in fact, modern day slavery. Or we hear about the men who abuse their wives and control everything that they do, or the other way around and people are discriminated against because of the colour of their skin. Maybe you've experienced one of these forms of oppression. Jesus is against oppression. Psalm 9 says this, He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. The Bible definition of oppression is different to some of the definitions of oppression that are going around today. We're not necessarily being oppressed if we're not allowed to do the things we want to do. For example, when our kids were younger, they had a limit on the amount of TV they could watch um, every day. This rule wasn't popular with them, and it did stop them watching the amount of TV that they would have liked. But the rule wasn't there to oppress them. It was there to help them to learn to have healthy boundaries, and it was there to help them have a life. It's one I think I probably need to relearn for myself as I've gotten into bad habits during COVID and I still haven't kicked the habit, however long later that is. Um, we're not also necessarily being oppressed if someone tells us that our lifestyle is wrong and what they say makes us feel upset. If a friend of yours was convinced that they'd just met the perfect man for them, but you knew he was an abusive man, the loving thing would to, to do would be to warn your friend, even if they didn't like what you had to say, and thought you were interfering. Love isn't just one dimensional. It's not just about being patient and kind and all those nice fluffy things. It's also about courage and justice and confronting what is wrong. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. But although oppression is a problem in the world, and as we've seen, God is against genuine oppression, Jesus could see a deeper problem, not just in one group of people, but in all of us. That is the fact that we're all lost. We're all spiritually dead and we're all disconnected from God. And in that, Christianity is very inclusive. We're all part of the problem. We're all included in that. 
we may not necessarily be oppressing other people or be what we would consider the worst people on the planet, but we've all missed God's standard. We all owe God a debt we can't pay. I've heard it said many times, how can a loving God send anyone to hell? But how can a holy God and a just God allow anyone who is unholy into heaven? C.S. Lewis, the writer and theologian, said that God in his mercy doesn't thrust an eternity with him onto people who've actively chosen to live without him in this life. You know, he passionately wants all of us, but he lets us choose. The Bible tells us that God himself came down to earth in a human body as Jesus to pay the debt we owe so that he can be both loving and just. And that anyone who allows him to pay their debt for them is able to stand in God's presence now and be with him for eternity. In this, Christianity is also inclusive. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The second claim that Jesus made about himself here is that he is the truth. A popular phrase we hear nowadays is, you live your your truth and I'll live mine. And there are some good things about that statement. For example, when our son Josh first went to university, on the very first night, his flatmates decided to play a drinking game that involved drinking lots of alcohol after various rounds of something. Uh, Josh didn't want to drink loads of alcohol, so he said he'd play the game with water. The others thought it was a little bit unusual, but they were fine about it. In this case, live your own truth is a helpful thing. And living your own truth also allows people not to have to conform to ever-changing beauty standards. But there is a negative side to live your truth. The implication to this statement is often that truth isn't knowable and it's whatever you decide. And that can change from person to person and from day to day and from emotion to emotion. That's okay if it's talking about food preferences or study styles. But if it's talking about anything deeper than that, Jesus says not only is truth knowable, but it's knowable not just on an intellectual level, but on a relational level. He defines what is true and what is good and what is right. And I've already done a talk about truth for crowd, which you can listen to on our website. So I'm not going to go into that into any more detail about that subject now. But, you know, the whole thing of um, truth There have been times in my life when I wasn't doing well mentally or emotionally and I felt like there was this mist where I couldn't see anything around me and didn't know which way was up and which way was down. And I felt like a pilot in a cloud who couldn't see anything out of the windows because of all the fog and had to rely on the instruments in front of them to tell them what's what. God's word was like that for me, telling me what's true and showing me the step um, each way. The third claim that Jesus made about himself is that he's life. He's not about dead, boring religion, but following him brings life um, into every area of life. For example, the Bible says that I'm made in God's image. That automatically gives me value and significance just by existing, regardless of what I've done. And God says he's got a good plan for my life, that I'm part of his body carrying out his plans on earth. That gives me purpose. He tells me to take ownership for the things I do and say that are wrong. He shows me how to forgive 
um, but not to facilitate anyone's bad behaviour. That gives me peace with people, but it also gives good boundaries. And all of these things are great for my mental health, which is a big thing at the moment. I could go on, like every area of life it impacts. But back to today's passage, um, where we were talking about going through tough times. Have you ever thought, if only I could just see God and hear his voice audibly, that would get, get me through any tough time. That would be enough for me. I certainly have. Philip, one of the group with Jesus, thought this too. He said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. If you've ever wondered what God looks like, look at Jesus in the Bible. He claims that he is God come in human form. We can read about him, but we can also experience God through his Holy Spirit. The next verses say this. Believe me when I say that I am in my Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. Jesus tells us to believe him. And contrary to what many people think, Christianity isn't a case of believing despite the facts. Jesus says, if you can't believe in me just because of my words alone, look at the evidence of all the things that I've done. And uh, you might... Um, yeah, so he's looking, saying you can look at the evidence to support the claims that he's made. You might think, well, how can I look at the evidence when all this stuff happened for so long ago? Well, I'd like to recommend a book called Forensic Faith that looks at those sort of questions. It's written a guy by it's written by a guy called Jay Warner Wallace, and he's a homicide detective in the States who specialises in cold cases. In other words, murder cases that are old and unsolved. He was an atheist, but decided to investigate the Christian faith as if it were one of his cold cases to prove that it was a load of rubbish. But he actually found the evidence really compelling and ended up committing his life to Jesus. One of the things he says is that in any of his cases, he gathers all the evidence, but he's never 100% sure. But you can come to a conclusion where you are beyond reasonable doubt. There will always be unanswered questions and things we're not sure about. But it's the same for any worldview. It's the same if you're an atheist or a Hindu or a Buddhist or whatever. And that's where faith comes in. With Christianity, evidence takes us so far and faith takes us the rest of the way. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you an another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. There are loads of things in here that I don't have time to pick up on. Uh, but the one thing I will pick up on is that a friend from a Muslim background once asked me, 
if God just forgives you for all this bad stuff you do, what is there to stop you from carrying on doing all the bad stuff? The suggestion of the question is that we only do good things so that God won't punish us. Verse 15 that we just read tells us the answer. It's love. Love is a much healthier motivator than fear in relationships. And when we give our lives to God, he makes us new on the inside so that we can do things out of love. Let me give you an example. So when our kids were small, they often did the right thing to avoid the consequences of doing the wrong thing. And we made sure there were consequences. So it means so much more the times when they've like offered to help me with something, not because they have to, but because they love me and they want to help. They've chosen to do it out of their own free will. And as Christians, when we remember who God is and how much he loves us, we don't do stuff to get him to love us. We already have his love. We do good things because he loved us first and we love him back. So we have a hope for the future, but we also have a relationship with God himself in the present. And that is good news. at the fall, running away when I'd hear you call, Father you work your will, I had no righteousness of my own, I had no right to join in your throne, but Father you love me still, and in love before you laid the world's foundation. Call into a kingdom that can 
Conversation Street with myself and Anna here at Crowd Online Church. A warm welcome to you if you've joined us all. Anna, your lights are doing funny things there. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? (laughs) Spooky, spooky. The power of Crowd Church. (laughs) Do you think that's what it is? I just thought it was an electrical fluctuation, but let's go with that. Yours is about to have a blackout. I'm not sure. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome to uh, Crowd Online Church. If this is your first time with us, warm welcome to you. If you are watching Catch Up, uh, do come and join us on Sundays as we live stream at 6 p.m. UK time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and if you're in other parts of the world, if you head over to the website crowd.church, uh, it will has a little link on there which tells you what time that is uh, according to your local time, which is a wonderful thing. It'd be great if you can join us. And uh, yes, if you are watching live on Facebook, there is a link which you can click which will bring you to YouTube. Uh, and you can join us on YouTube, which may explain why there's not as many comments on Facebook, uh, uh, because people have tuned into YouTube to help uh, watch the service. We are sort of testing the waters of whether we become a YouTube-only kind of live stream. So uh, that's what we're doing. We're experimenting a little bit. So do come join us on YouTube. Great you get there. Uh, so yes, Anna, Sharon's talk. Should we talk about that? I think I've got all the notices out of the way. Yeah, less. I mean, there was a lot in that, wasn't there? It's quite a quite a deep talk, lots of content. I, I thought there was lots of challenge on that. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's hard to know where to begin, isn't it? It's, um, <laughs> it's a fascinating scripture. Yeah, it is. It's a big topic because it was a massive claim made by mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It was a huge claim. Uh, and then, of course, all the stuff that Sharon talked about before Jesus sort of uh, runs up to that claim was also pretty significant. So, yes, very meaty verses. Uh, so do let us know what you got out of that in the comments. Uh, Miriam, I got that you need to know life fully to find comfort in Jesus. That's fair play. That's a fair comment, Miriam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got to know, I think you've got to know Jesus fully to find, a, or got to know life fully to find comfort in Jesus. Or if you know Jesus fully, you find life. I think it works both ways around, right? Yeah. I am, um, I loved uh, what she had to say on like how, you know, like start, she started talking about the sort of theme of oppression, didn't she? And yeah, yeah. I loved what she had to say about like how faith is inclusive mm-hmm. um, in that, the like claims that Jesus made were like that we've all we've all fallen short as a mm. you know like it's inclusive and in that the offer of salvation and hope in Jesus is for everyone mm. um but also the claim that we've all fallen short is also applies to everyone even mm. those of us who think we're doing pretty well as we are it's not just for those that think they really need it but actually yeah. we're we're all we're all in need of it and mm. I, I know that that's kind of 
so, ba so basic in some ways, isn't it? It's such a core part of our faith, and yet I think it's so easy to to forget. Mm. Really. Yeah, I think you're right. It's an interesting one, isn't it? That when you think about this concept of oppression, and Sharon said this, and I, I wrote it in the comments, so I thought it was a, a wonderful comment, that actually the Bible definition of oppression is different to what we would probably currently use at the moment. Um, and we, we, there is part of society that I think is very quick to use the word oppression uh, for meaning I don't like what you're saying to me. Uh, and it's it's like, I don't like what you're saying to me, therefore you're oppressing me. I think... I think we have to get over ourselves a little bit in some respects. Sorry to step on people's toes because there are genuinely people who are oppressed uh, out there. Uh, and I think it sometimes makes a mockery out of, you know, genuine oppression. But it, I, I find, um, uh, you know, uh, cue comments now. Uh, but I find that um, the the story of this fascinating because there were people who were being oppressed and spoiler alert again I'm, I'm planning christmas's talk called how to find peace uh, finding peace in difficult times i think is the title of the talk yeah. and we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit in that in the sense that um you have a bunch of people who are oppressed who are waiting for a messiah to come and free them you yeah. know and, and the what they're expecting is they're expecting a messiah to come and take over their enemies and mm -hmm. reign with fairness and justice which obviously we think ultimately happens but didn't happen at the birth of christ the way that it happened at the birth of christ was jesus came and said right boys and girls yeah oppression the best way to deal with this is to look at your own hearts and you kind of go that's that's not what i expected jesus. and they were waiting for like you know the jewish people at the time of christ's birth they were waiting for a kind of religious like leader to rise up when they were a political mm. leader who would overthrow yeah. their kind of physical oppressors and yeah. um, kind of create a new nation for them as it were so they were looking for like a political hero who would rise up in power or like mm. a you know overthrow the roman empire as it was at the time and, mm. you know i still think we think of power um kind of that overthrowing of a, you know it's it's the whole thing of the kingdom of God doesn't work the way we so often think. Mm. So it's like they're looking for this kind of military power almost, weren't they? Yeah. Someone who would come and overthrow the current way that things were and the current order. And and yet the way that he comes is as a baby. Um, it's so counterculture to the way we think, you know, and I, I think you can look at, you can look at so much of the world now and we still mm. think, oh, the way that injustice will be overthrown and that peace will be brought on earth is mm. through political change or kind of change in ideologies and like you know and that would happen through you know we we fall for it over and over again don't we that idea that it's through war that it's through mm. military or kind of political like overturning and upheaval mm. and i'm not saying any of those things are wrong like god can work through those things too but like so often god comes in the small ways and yeah um, and that you're right matt it's it's like what Jesus teaches is that changes in your own heart mm. and in the human heart, not kind of in world systems. Mm. Oh, my life just went again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, you know, the change starts so much closer to home. And I think, mm. I think that's kind of 
more than anything, that's what the Christmas story teaches me. I'm probably like getting ahead of ourselves some months here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> you, you preach it, girl. You preach. I think you're totally right, Anna. And I think it's good to remember that, especially in the UK at the moment, with the political upheaval we yeah. have, it's easy to blame politicians for problems that we are experiencing. And I, hands up, I can do that just as well as anybody, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm good at those kind of arguments and conversations. But fundamentally, the, the answer to the problems that we face is not found in a better leader, I don't think. I think the answers yeah. to the problems that we face are found in Jesus. And the first thing that Jesus does is he makes us examine our own hearts. And, um, and in that way, like Sharon said, Christianity becomes insanely inclusive because it's like, well, actually, we've all got to take our own piece of responsibility. It's easy to shift the blame. Because yeah. guess what? That people group over there is oppressing me because they say things that I don't like. Well, therefore, you're oppressing me. Well, no, 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 no. Um, it's taking responsibility, isn't it? And saying, actually, no, I've got a part to play in this, both, yeah. the, the, both the reason that we're here and also the solution. Um, and I, I, I don't think you can get away from that. I really don't. I think it's quite a hard-hitting message, actually. Yeah, and you look at some of the big issues we've got in the world today, like... Like things like climate change and you know big macro problems like yeah climate change like global wars and unrest and economic issues that are international and um and you just think yeah they're big and it's easy to say oh it's nothing to do with me i i can't do anything mm. but mm. isn't that the point like we if we all did a little bit things would change and mm. um i don't know i i always think you know, when, when Sharon was talking about oppression before, it just made me think, we th so often think, don't we, we're not the oppressors, like, oh, we're not, we're not oppressing anyone. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm not, you know, it's people like Putin, and P Putin is obviously an oppressive mm. regime at the moment, his, the Russian regime. But, you know, it's easy to, to like, just look at the big oppression that's happening mm. globally. But actually, we're all part of a system and economic global system that oppresses other people mm -hmm. like we live in the west so by you know when i actually step back and think about it just the way i shop the way i live mm -hmm. you know in order for me to have plenty as you know someone else is being oppressed somewhere else in the world with or without my you know i prefer that wasn't the case but that is the global system we're part mm -hmm. of and i mean but like i go and shop for like fashion in the uk and someone else on the other side of the world is being oppressed in order yeah. to make my clothes cheaper and you know we're all on some level um implicit in it i know it's mm. hard for you know it's hard, and these are big issues aren't they and it's hard for us to individually we can all make small consumer choices and mm. small changes on a sort of very personal level but you know it's hard for us to overturn those huge systems that are international and global and and just been going on for a long time but at the mm. same time I don't think any of us can wash our hands of it and say, well, I'm not oppressing anyone else. Cause I think it'd be very hard for, you know, I'm holding my like iPhone here and it's like, he's been oppressed to build that iPhone yeah. for me. You know, we all, the way we live, um, you know, there's, it's, it's built into the way our world is. And mm -hmm. I don't think any of us get a kind of get out card. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. And a very hard hitting, isn't it? It's like um, Jesus uses this phrase, you know, before you try and take the plank out of somebody else's eye, look, uh, sorry, before you take the speck out of somebody else's eye, try and take that, you know, have a look at the plank that's in your own eye. And that I think is one of the things that 
when you come face to face with the gospel of Christ, that's one of the things it causes you to do is it causes you to reflect on your own attitude, on your own lifestyle, on the own way that you do things. Um, and you, you can't escape it. It's super confrontational, uh, you know, super confrontational. So let's get into um, what's Matt put here. Join us, mid, join us for our midweek crowd prayer Zoom, 8 p.m. Wednesday. If you do want to come join us, by the way, our midweek groups, uh, do get in touch with us via the website. Let us know or via WhatsApp, which is also on the website, crowd.church. I'll put the little link on there. Thanks for the reminder, Matt. Yes. Uh, but he's put here, join us for our midweek crowd prayer Zoom, 8 p.m. Wednesday, UK time. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. Matt Edmondson will probably get us off Zoom onto a poorer platform shortly for our midweek stuff. I think, Matt, you've got issues uh, yeah. about the Facebook thing. You need, you need to let it go. But <laughs> but I do appreciate what you're saying. And, um, you know, if you've got any thoughts on whether we should just be YouTube only or whether we should actually still be on Facebook, do let us know. We genuinely would love to hear from you. Uh, it is an experiment. Um, so, yeah. So... Uh, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. And I think it was a really interesting uh, paradox that Sharon brought out here about how Jesus is in some ways quite exclusive, saying, I am the way, and excluding every other route to Christ. It started to rain really heavy. You might be able to hear this. Uh, it's just properly bucking it down right now. Uh, that might explain why your power was going out. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus or just is... the energy crisis we're having I'm already running out <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not get Andy pedal on his bike quicker come on generate more electricity uh, Andy is uh, Andy's, Anna's husband by the way who's uh, yeah, bike, sorry, uh, yeah, generating electricity right now um, so yeah so in some respects Jesus saying I am the way is quite exclusive um, and people have a hardish hardish time with that statement um, but also uh, it's very inclusive because he's, he's the way for everybody, right? And um, he doesn't leave anybody out. And it, it, in effect, it comes down to you, your choice. It's not a birth thing. It's not a, yeah. um, you know, where you were born, what family you're with. It's actually, it's open to everybody. So at the, yeah. the same time, the gospel is both inclusive and, inclusive and exclusive. And I thought that was quite an interesting point she brought out. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, I mean, she picked up a bit on this as well, but I think it's, it's, quite a as you said it's a really bold statement to make in this kind of world view that we live in now where it's like well that's your truth and this is mine and mm. we can all believe something different and all of it's true and you know talk, laugh about facebook but you know algorithms give people different truths you mm. know so half, half you know i'm not i don't want to get too political but like half of america thinks one person won the last election and the other half of america think the other person won and yeah. they can't both have won somebody won and someone lost that yeah it's not both those things can be true like mm -hmm. he's right and he's wrong and then i think we live in this weird world where we believe that we like it, it sounds inclusive doesn't it say well everyone's right but actually when you really comes down to to push and shove like somebody there has to be an ultimate truth there. Not everyone yeah. can be right if two people are saying the opposite things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's not just, you could say to a Republican who's saying Trump won the last election, you could say, well, that's your truth and it's right for you. But, you know, it's got to be right for the whole of America because it, that's yeah, how yeah. democracy works. And actually, when you follow that argument through, it doesn't make huge intellectual sense and then i love what she said about it it's both intellectual and it's but it's also a relational truth and mm -hmm. um, and i think that's the thing it's like it doesn't make total intellectual sense when you you follow that argument through but also 
it doesn't make relational sense either because mm. like yeah it's it, it's a personal it's a personal truth that you experience mm. and like um yeah no, it's true. Yeah, well, it's funny, isn't it? It's true. It is, and I, 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 it's, I, I find it fascinating. This whole, you know, you, in effect, you have said something. I don't like it because it has consequences for me. Sure. Therefore, I feel oppressed, and therefore, what I'm going to say is that's that's your truth. That's not my truth. And actually, we we've substituted the word truth with experience. In other words, that's your experience. That's not my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start saying, you know, you live your truth, which, like you, I find very peculiar in a lot of ways. Because how can you, how can how can both sides of the uh, presidential debate be right? They can't, right? Yeah. It's a really, I think it's also, spot on. And also, even when you take it to a more personal level than that, it's like, how can, like, we all we all believe at some level as kind of an organised society that there's, there's things that are true and false, that there's things that are good and bad. There's mm. also, there's certain behaviours and things that we all agree are wrong, like you shouldn't murder someone, mm. you know, and, and, and we live in a lawful society where because we all, say there's an ultimate truth that certain things are okay and certain things aren't so Mm. i think at some level everybody would agree that that is that is an absolute there is a right and a wrong a black and a white Mm. somewhere yeah of course there's lots of areas that are more gray but it it just feels to me that it's disingenuous genuine and like you can't really argue that through and nobody really wants to live in a society where there's no truth and there's no absolute right or wrong um Mm. it sounds nice when as you say it's like therefore i don't have to be challenged on Mm. anything but actually when you follow that through to conclusion nobody really believes that i don't think not uh, not when you look at the big picture yeah like you say there are certain things that they'll go well no that uh, of course that's you're right you can't murder somebody Uh, and why would we call putin's war an unjust war if there was no absolute truth or if there was no objective morality because it's kind of like well what ha- what makes it unjust yeah. do you mean answer me that question he was in some respects he was responding to the fact he didn't want the ukraine to join forces with nato right he felt in i don't know what putin felt to be fair I, 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 opinions on that aside but it's that kind of thing where um his truth or his his understanding of facts it's very different to the rest of the world yeah. and he and you know and we call it unjust he calls it just unrighteous he is freeing the oppressed right um and so again we can't both yeah. be right and well, so we call it fake news don't we yeah we do and, you know trump talks a lot about this as well but we call it fake news so he's telling his country a whole different version of reality to the rest of the world and yeah. you know because of carefully owned state media mm-hmm. they hear a very different truth to us, but not both of those sides can be true, can they? It's, yeah. No, I, and it's... I, just uh, find, I find it fascinating, and I yeah. just... Yeah, I think we've kind of bought this view quite a lot, in certainly my generation and younger, mm. younger uh, generations, uh, millennials and what have you. But, um, yeah, I I just don't... I don't think it's all that helpful. Uh, I. Yeah, I just think actually when you step back from it, mm. it sounds nice, but it doesn't actually, 
yeah, it doesn't actually lead to like the way, the truth, and the life, as Jesus said. Like there has to be an absolute to to find the way, the truth, and the life, doesn't that? Like it has to be an absolute. Um, there does, yeah. and it's. An, I think it's an interesting order of words. You start with Jesus being the way, you then end up with Jesus being the truth, and you end up with Jesus being the life. Mm. And it's kind of like there is this routine which says, I somehow have to wrestle with the fact that Jesus is who he says he is or he isn't, right? Mm. And because he makes this statement, I'm the way, the truth, the life, he's either lying or he's not, right? Yeah. He, can't, he, can't, he can't be a nice guy because he's either a blatant liar or a lunatic or he's actually telling the truth, right? Uh, and it's not just, you know, my truth or Jesus' truth. It's just it's common sense. And so you wrestle with this idea, is Jesus the way? And then you are confronted with truth. And so you then wrestle with the fact, well, am I going to live my life according to his truth, yeah. according to the truth of Christ? And this is where a lot of people struggle because a lot of people want control. And it's like, no, no, I want to make my own choices. And it's like, well, you can still make your own choices, but there's a fundamental truth here that we have to surrender to. And if we do that, then I think we find life. But I think a lot of people are wanting to skip the way and the truth and just go straight to having a great life. And so if I ignore the rest of it, um, i.e. there's no truth and Jesus is not the only way, uh, my way is the right way for me uh, because that's my truth, then surely I have found life. And you kind of go, have you really? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? There's... There seems to be some kind of structure in the statement here. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think in a, in a sense they do follow on from each other, don't they? And um, yeah, and I think what you end up with if you follow that through to conclusion is like, so I choose my way and my truth, and then what I'm left with is my life, the life mm -hmm. I've already got, not the life, the eternal life that you know God mm -hmm. offers us. The fullness of life that Jesus promises. It's mm -hmm. like what you end up with is just life you have as it is, your life, your kind of your your way, your mm. truth, but it's not eternal life and it's not fullness of life. It's just I don't know. Yeah, it's it yeah, it, it's um but I, I don't think you can mix the two together, can you, and somehow get to eternal life. Like, well, it's not according to um, not according to Jesus. Uh, right. You know, you you may have a different. You, I I, I know there's people going to be listening to this going, guys, just come on, you can't think that way anymore. And I'm, but, but it's, I struggle with this, um, be your own truth because it is so uncertain, and because I, I'm going to change my opinion every other day because of my feelings, my emotions change every other day, right? So, what am I basing my life on? And I think. One of the things that we would say that characterizes Christians, um, certainly here at Crowd, is actually we base our life on the truth of God, that we, as much as we can, submit to his truth. We're going we're gonna to find out a lot more about what that actually is, um, yeah. you know, and some of the statements that Jesus continues to make uh, as we go through the Gospel of John, as in the new year, we're going to hit the book of Acts, um, and we're going to find some incredible stuff uh, in there. And it's not all bad news. Let me tell you, it's actually all good news. Uh, and it's it's all wonderful stuff. Um, but I think that that should be one of the things that characterizes us Christians is we actually go, there is a version. I, I always describe it like this, right? Let's take a little quiz, uh, Mrs. Carroll. Uh, go on. And, 
And this is not a trick question. Uh, let me just clarify, I'm not trying to catch you out. If I was to ask you- <laughs> That's how, ominous already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How fast are you traveling right now? Um, well, I'm sitting still, but I suppose I'm traveling if, I'm, if the earth is spinning and I'm on it. Exactly, right? So you're sitting still. So relative to everything around you, you are not moving. But if you look at how fast the earth spins, do you know how fast it spins? I have not a clue. Thousand miles an hour, there or thereabouts. So if I say to you, how fast are you traveling? And you say to me, I'm moving at about a thousand miles an hour. Actually, it's probably quite a reasonable statement to make. And then you think about, well, hang on a minute. The earth orbits the sun. Do you know how fast the earth orbits the sun? No. I think it's just shy of around 30,000 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, and so uh, I've never been done for speeding and had to go to court. Uh, but part of me is tempted if that ever did happen, ever did happen, and the judge says to me, "How fast are you travelling?" I go about thirty thousand miles, Ron. Uh, <laughs> see what see what fines you come out with. No, don't do that, honestly. Uh, but it, in one sense, this here's the thing: relative to how I feel right now, I'm not moving, right? But it, when I understand the truth that is beyond my circumstance and beyond what I feel. I have a different understanding. If I understood how fast the galaxy was spinning, maybe I'd have an even bigger understanding. And what we're saying is, is the ultimate truth is Christ, right? And that there are things that we perceive to be true, but actually when we take a step back and look at things in the context of Christ, there is absolute truth. And that's why we say that there is absolute truth and that mm -hmm. that truth is Jesus. Does that make sense? It does. It's a really good way of looking at it, actually. I hadn't thought about it like that before, but perspective is everything, isn't it? Like, mm -hmm. we only see life through the narrow perspective of our worldview and the way we look at life, but God's perspective is so much bigger than ours and so mm -hmm. much, you know, it's a much wider lens, isn't it, as mm -hmm. it were? And um, we only see part of the truth, and that, that's what the Bible says, and he sees the whole of truth, the whole of time, the whole of the story in one go, and mm -hmm we only see that tiny moment that we're in now and how we feel in it. And I don't know, to make that the center point of all of it seems a little bit egocentric, doesn't it? And small. It really does. It, it, it really is. Egocentric is a great word. It is a yeah. great word. Pete Farrington uh, gave a great example a couple of weeks ago when he talked about mm. his little lad and he said, you know what, my little lad, I think it's two years old, something like that, his little mm. lad. Cute little boy, actually. Uh, and he says, um, he was talking about how when he disciplines his son, his son has a very limited view of what is right and what is proper and what is good. And so when he takes something away from his two-year-old son and he kicks up a fuss, his, the opinion of his two-year-old son is this is not right. But him as a father has a slightly bigger view of what's best for his son. It's not like Pete's trying to hack him off. He's just yeah. doing what he thinks is the right thing to do to be a parent. And I think we are like that two-year-old kid throwing a tantrum quite often. Yeah, often. And we just don't see the bigger picture, the, the truth mm -hmm. of God and, and stretching that out. So, Anna, listen, as you said, we're talkers. <laughs> we are talkers. We do like to have a conversation. Thank you uh, for that. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed that. There's some good systematic theology there. So uh, if you're still with us, it's great that you're still here. If you are watching on Catch Up, um, do come and join us on the live streams. And this way you get to join in the conversations. I see Sarah's been in the comments. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Matt says we're heading over to YouTube only within the next few weeks. Uh, we won't be able to have the same level of banter due to the public arena of the platform, but we'll have the memories that Facebook live streams gave us. So uh, if you're wondering what Matt is talking about, we are uh, uh, sort of moving away from doing both YouTube and Facebook to just focus on our live stream on YouTube and we're going to experiment and see how that's going. So uh, do come and join. We will post links still on Facebook and links to the YouTube channel and all that sort of stuff so you will be able to come join us. But if you haven't done so already, head over to YouTube, subscribe to Crowd Church, get the little bell notification and um, and when we're live it will come up hopefully on your little phone and, and tell you that we're live and come join in the conversation as normal. Uh, but yeah, Anna, what's coming up next week? Next week, we have um, a friend called Sherlon uh, come to speak to us mm. on the next session from the Gospel of Mark. And John. Sherlon, John, sorry. <laughs> what Gospel are we in again? John. Um, and Sherlon is, um, he's a friend of ours from church, isn't he? He's yeah. a great guy. He's a teacher, isn't he? Yeah, he is. His day job. Yeah, yeah, he's a fab guy, dad of two. And yeah, I'm sure he'll have loads of great stuff to talk about. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I've no doubt. I actually used to live with Sherlock. He and I used Did to be roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good. long time ago before we were both mm. married. Uh, and so, yeah, I lived with Sherlock. Uh, absolute legend. He's an athlete. Uh, as he would tell us regularly when we were living together, I'm an athlete. <laughs> uh, and um, with an F, not with a TH, not an athlete, but an athlete. Uh, and love Sherlock to bits. He's an athlete. So come and join Sherlock the athlete next week. You know <laughs> it's going to be good. He's an absolute legend. He's spoken on Crowd before. Uh, mm. Love the man to bits. He's such a cool dude. Uh, I wish yeah. I could be as cool as Sherlock. He just, he just has this sort of swagger about him, doesn't he? And he's just like... Yeah, yeah, he's very laid back. He always just <laughs> seems Mr. Chill to me. So Yeah, he does. He so everyone does. give him some banter next week about his athleticism. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He'll, he'll enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, come join us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Yeah. YouTube. I will put the notes on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, that's it from me. That's it from me. As Matt said earlier, if you would like to join us during midweek, it'll be great to see you. We do have midweek groups. Uh and if you uh, are up for it, come join us on Zoom and uh, come say, how's it? Uh, you don't have to be a Christian at all. Uh, we enjoy the debate and we enjoy the conversation. More information can be found on our website, crowd.church, or you can reach out to us on social media at crowdchurch. There's also a WhatsApp number on the website, which you can reach us on. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we get prayer requests all the time. And so uh, we appreciate you guys sending those in. We do pray uh, and we'll continue to pray. Uh, going forward so yes uh matt says remain blessed everyone au revoir facebook he's speaking french now i mean that, that it's uh, it's getting bad uh he's speaking french uh but yes uh that's it from us uh thank you for joining us it's been an absolute treat to be with you talking about this topic um if we have said something which you have found uh, maybe controversial or slightly offended please don't be it we're not here to offend you we're just here to have a conversation come join in the conversation that's the beauty of this kind of stuff right yeah. it's uh it's just we like debate we like conversation so we would love to hear from you uh that's it from myself that's it from anna uh have a fantastic week uh, anything else from you mrs kettle no just enjoyed the conversation tonight and everyone have a lovely week we'll see you soon absolutely we're gonna end the live stream now see you next time Bye for now. See ya.